Episode 65 of the Thunder Underground Podcast is here. My name is Trent. My name is Jason. And we've got another good one, I think. They're all good, aren't yeah. they? Does that sound like we're arrogant? No, I think we just have good people on our uh, podcast. Yeah. And We we don't make it good. I don't make it good. But everything else makes it good. <laughs> right. That's right. We've, uh, as you notice in the title, we're going to be talking about Streets Gone Wild, which is a new festival in Tulsa, but there's also, it's based, it's part of the Farm Rock series, which has been going on for at least a year, couple years, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's just what they're calling the Tulsa version of Farm Rock, since it's in the streets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we're going to get into all that. We've got, we're going to play you pieces of the press conference, because we went to that this past week. We've also got a short interview with Eddie Trunk, which is very cool. We're very excited about that. That was quite an honor, yes. Yeah, that's someone that we uh, both have always been fans of listening to and then watching him on that metal show. And we, when we started this podcast, we thought, you know, who would be like some guest we would, like dream guest we would love to that's, have. That's right. And he's one of the ones that was right <laughs> up there for both of us. And even though it's not a full-on podcast guest we at least got a short interview with them so exactly i mean we didn't know how it was going to go or if we would or not so to do it was just kind of you know a cool little surprise and uh it was definitely a treat and the other thing is we talked about this the last couple podcasts last week was our one year the one year anniversary of dropping the first podcast yeah number one and the day that we interviewed eddie trunk in this press conference was the actual one year anniversary of the first podcast. Was it really? Yeah, I looked that up. That's awesome. Can you So one year from the day that episode one came out. It, it if you if we'd have told you back one year ago, hey, a year from now you're gonna interview Eddie Trunk, what would you have thought? I would have probably laughed. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. And look what happened. Yeah. So uh very cool, very cool. Yes, very cool. Um we're a few days away from Rocklahoma where we'll probably see Eddie Trunk again. Yes. And maybe we'll get another seven-minute interview with him. Who hey, knows? that'd be great. I'm yeah. at least going to get my uh, second book signed. That's true. I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to do I've that eventually. that first one signed it. for probably eight know, years or whenever it came out. And, and, uh, one year I brought the second book, and I don't think he was signing anywhere. I'm just I'm hoping he's going to be out there somewhere signing. i got to get it signed. we've talked about many times has been an awful bitch when it comes to taking away musicians it sure has not just ones that we're huge fans of but ones that are iconic such as prince or glenn fry or lemmy the list goes on there's been all kinds of other guys and you're hearing this on monday just yesterday it was announced that nick menza of megadeth fame passed away yeah, yeah, that was uh, quite a shock. Um, you know, obviously Nick hasn't been in Megadeth for quite a while, but his, his uh, mark on metal drumming and his mark on Megadeth uh, is still super prominent. Uh, he played on he played on all the, the you know just the the legendary albums: uh, Rust in Peace, Countdown to Extinction, Euthanasia, Cryptic Writings. I mean, it's it's so sad, and you know, 
it's kind of hits home for me because this is one of the, you know, when I was getting into metal, you know, I was all about glam and, you know, just kind of hard rock and uh, Metallica and Megadeth were my first really forays into full on, you know, fucking thrash, heavier, you know, real shit. And one of the songs that grabbed me straight away was Rust in Peace, the track and that drum intro. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that just etches into your brain. It's unforgettable, undeniable. And, uh, so from then on, Nick Menzel was just like one of the guys. So, I mean, it's just, uh, it's sad. Um, it's sad how it happened, you know, on stage while he was playing, uh, just a fucked up thing. And, uh, you know, again, you know, when, when it comes to musicians dying, uh, 2016 can go eat a dick. I mean, seriously. Right. Well, I think, you know, like you said, when we were young and really got into Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, these kind of bands, um, in the early nineties, I always, you know, if anyone, you know, when you're sitting around talking with music with your friends, I would list him as one of my favorite drummers. And I think it's oh, not, yeah, you'd have to, not because I knew anything about drums when I was 13 or 15. I mean, I really still don't, but I, at least now I can yeah. recognize talent more than I could <laughs> when I was just listing someone. I would say that because he was the drummer of one of my favorite bands, you know? Exactly. And, but you know, even now getting older and recognizing talent, you know, there's a reason you're in Megadeth. Yeah. Dave Mustaine doesn't have people in Megadeth that don't belong there. That's right. And, you know, all kinds of people that, like drummers, you know, that came up through that time, I'm sure they all looked at him and Lombardo and Charlie Benante as, um, you know, as their influences and the oh. icons. And, you know, I've already seen it today. Like, you know, Travis Davis from The Devil You Adore said he's a big influence. Yeah. Mike DiPetrillo from Driver was talking about how he got to play his drum set at NAMM and you know, he's a big influence, and Sid Falk posted, you know, that, you know, rest in peace to Nick Menza. Everybody respects this guy. Yeah. Because of, like you said, those four iconic albums in a row, and he's part of that, the most classic lineup of Megadeth that everybody knows with Marty Friedman and the Two Daves. That's right, that's right. I mean, it's just, uh, that that's the one that, that's that's the lineup that everybody, you know, always gravitates to when you talk about Megadeth. That's the lineup that Dave Mustaine has tried to get back together a couple times in the past, you know, five years or so. Right. On, you know, for whatever reason. So, I mean, there's something to that. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's just a, this is a, a huge loss to metal drumming and uh, it's just sad. It really is. And like you pointed out, rest, rest in peace, the drums on that, another one of my favorite Megadeth songs is Wrecking Day, and it's got that kick-ass drum. Oh, I know. You know, just starting off and then the outro and everything. Oh, I you know. know. But, it's just iconic. It really is. Yeah. Well, like you said, 2016 sucks for taking musicians, but everything else it seems to be good with. Okay. You know, we've got good <laughs> yeah. stuff going on. That is right. We've, like we said, we had this press conference. Well, before we get into that, let's play a song. Okay. I'm jumping ahead of myself. This band we're about to play is not playing Rocklahoma. We've said the last three weeks, it seems like everyone we played been playing Rocklahoma, so I wanted to put that out there. <laughs> we're playing them because we're talking about Streets Gone Wild, and they're not playing that either, but they are this type of vein of music. Okay. You know, we 
talked to these guys a couple months ago about playing our song, and I was kind of holding it until we were talking about, you know, the 80s era of music. Yeah, though, so, yeah, something that would fit. Yeah, even though they're a newer, you know, newer band, they've definitely got this style. So check this song out. The band is called Midnight Sin, and the song's called Set to Kill. <laughs> set to kill from midnight sin killer stuff in the the 80s metal vein you know it's got that classic early motley crew sound even early docking and anytime you're sounding like those two and doing it well you know i'm i'm game for sure yeah you know yeah. and it's got the the chorus gets stuck in your head you know after you heard it and it's just everything that classic 80s you know not really glam but not really full-on metal you know it's yeah. somewhere in between the two like yeah. i said the crew or the docking kind of thing you know yeah it's high energy it's got that sleazy kind of vibe to it uh you know i all their stuff is great they're on reverb nation uh, this song just you know grabbed me straight away though and we had to play it yeah they've got several tracks on there they've got a cover of uh what's it was it watching, watching you, you yeah kiss yeah. yeah they've got a pretty boy floyd, floyd cover which is you know cool because Pretty Boy Floyd was always that straight up sleaze, uh, more melodic pop metal thing kind of, you yeah. know. And, and these guys take it and make it a little bit heavier, which is cool to hear. And anyway, like I said, Reverb Nation, they're on Facebook, 
It's midnight, M-I-D-N-I-T-E, sin, and you can just, you can find them right there. Search that on Facebook for all these guys and give them a shout, give them a follow. Hell yeah. Yeah, like we said a couple of times, Streets Gone Wild, new festival that's happening in downtown Tulsa this September. And Freddie Stommer, who owns Frederick Entertainment and runs the Farm Rock and Desert Rock Concert Series, is bringing this to town. We went to the press conference last Wednesday. And let's just get into a little piece of this press conference where Freddie's announcing the festival and announcing some of the bands. Again, this is part of uh, the Farm Rock Concert Series, Desert Rock Concert Series Tour and Festival. And it's going to be right here, right literally outside of IDL Ballroom at the Cross Streets, downtown Tulsa, block the streets up, bring the stage in. And it's, for us, it's, it's going to be a little bit new of an adventure, and I mean that in a good way, because uh, Farm Rock, as you can imagine, it originally started, uh, I hesitate to say on a farm, it wasn't technically on a farm, but you know the feel to it was an outdoor, kind of big outdoor expanse, very outside of Chicago. Uh, as a matter of fact, Eddie was involved with the first one going back to, uh, goes back a few years now. So the idea of bringing this to a downtown location is, it, it just, it, first of all, it just sounds so cool. And, and you, Tulsa has been so accommodating, it's, it's so exciting to be in this, in this atmosphere. I think it's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be something very special. So, talking about the logistics of the show, it's going to be Friday, September 9th, Saturday, September 10th, and Friday, September 9th, it's actually going to start at 6 p.m., that's when the, uh, the doors will open, and on Saturday, it's going to be going pretty much all day, we'll open the doors at noon, and we're going to have, as you can imagine, bands throughout the day on both days, and we really go with the 80s retro rock fest theme. So you guys can all kind of guess at what that means. And uh, we have found that, uh, especially here in Oklahoma and here in Tulsa, that the, there are such loyal fans and such amazing fans to that scene, as are we. You know, that's a huge reason why, you know, Eddie has been so fantastic in what he has done, and, and I grew up with that. And so it's a labor of love for me to be able to combine both uh, just what's so special to me for my history of music, along with bringing these types of festivals to different uh, different markets and locations. So Saturday we'll be going all day, start at noon, go all day uh, into the wee hours of the wee hours of the evening, and we can uh, actually announce some of the names. Now remember, there's still some TBA in all this, so keep that in mind. And we are in the midst of discerning. Which act is which acts? I'm sorry, are going to be on Friday and Saturday night. So that's all going to be coming very soon. But right now we can say who is confirmed on the show. Um, one of my favorites, Night Ranger. Uh, another one of my favorites, and I, I know a very good friend of mine uh, who is the drummer also. That he is uh, Quiet Riot there on the middle. Queens Wright, who is still just as amazing as ever. And uh, who could do a fest like this without She's My Cherry Pie and Warrant? <laughs> Beautiful women of rock and roll, Vixen. Yeah. Janet Gardner, still just absolutely phenomenal. Uh, turn up the radio, we gotta have autograph. <laughs> uh, the, the, 
self-proclaimed, and you'll know why, bad boys in rock and roll, faster pussycat. Kicking off everything, which will be Thursday night, which is going to be a, uh, an acoustic pre-party, will be right here at the ballroom, and uh, there will be festivities going on here. It's going to be part of the VIP package. Will be Kip Winger. And another just icon from the era and, uh, and a very good friend of ours is Mike Tramp of White Lion. So they will both be here kicking it off on it, uh, doing an acoustic, doing acoustic sets. And again, keep in mind, everybody, we do have uh, more artists to be announced here pretty soon as we move as we move forward. So uh, never heard of any of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Eddie's wondering who all these people are. I Okay, there you go. A short part of this press conference. We've got a little more audio from that coming up in a bit with Eddie Trunk. But let's talk about what Freddie talked about. You know, it's it's always cool to go to a show in a downtown, you know, in the streets. Oh, yeah. You know, it's yeah. kind of just has a fun vibe, you know, because there's not, you know, there used to be more shows like that in Tulsa yeah. back in the 90s, and, it seems like, yeah, in the and, 2000s. And I, I like the whole vibe of closing off a street and, yeah. you know, everyone's just kind of in the middle there. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, we had seen Tesla a couple different ways down yeah, there. Yeah, that was super fun. And then, I remember you know, that. in front of the cane, in front of the canes, they used to do that a lot. Yeah, and and remember uh, they had one of those Rock Never Stops, just yeah. in the streets. It was like Jackal and Quiet Riot and, and Tesla. Uh, Tesla. Yeah, Tesla. Yeah, and Vince Neil. Yeah, Vince Neil. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Well, speaking of Quiet Riot, they're one of the bands on this bill. And, exactly. Um, I've seen him with Jizzy Pearl, but it's been a long time ago. Okay. I think it was on another one of those Rock Never Stops, because the one that you were mentioning was when Paul Shortino was yeah. in the band. Well, was, I don't but, think Jizzy Pearl was, he. you know, he was in Rat for a while. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. He was in Rat when we saw him at Rock Never Holy Stops. Holy crap. You're slipping, man. I am, and I love Jizzy Pearl. <laughs> well, see, here's something I would like, if anyone that's, you know, close to the Quiet Ride camp, you know, why don't you play Blackout in the Red Room live? Because Jizzy Pearl's on stage. He's the voice of love-hate. These songs don't get the love they deserve. Why not? I just want to throw that out there. You know, we don't get love-hate in America because, you know, they've got a big following in Europe or England where they play a lot. Yeah. So, hey, just as a fan <laughs> of of love-hate, I think it would be cool if Quiet Right slipped out in there. Anyway, it, <laughs> Frankie Benali's kept this, kept this thing going. And, you know, I mean, you hear a lot of people saying it when there's only one guy left from original band. But, you know, I think people love the music and you're out there having a good time. Why not? You don't have to watch it if you're not into it. Walk away. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, you know there's that movie that I still haven't seen yet that I want to. Oh, The right. documentary. But I've heard, I heard a lot of press with Frankie Benali uh, about, you know, this new in reincarnation and what they've gone through. And he, I, I get a very sincere vibe from him. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, for one, am behind it, you know. I think everything's on a case-by-case -case basis, you know. And uh, th this seems this seems pretty legit, and I always like Frankie Benali anyways. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see him. It's going to be great. Yeah, definitely one of the things to look forward to as well as, Getting to see Queensrack again oh, on the Tyler tour. That's going to be amazing. Yeah, we got to see this current lineup uh, last year at Rocklahoma. And these most two recent albums are phenomenal. Yeah, they fucking kill Todd Latore, dude. Yeah, it's just, you know, he's got a great voice, fits the thing perfectly. It's kind of like uh, William Duvall of Alice in Chains. It's got the sound of 
the original singer, but he's still got his own thing going on too. That's right. So it's it's a real cool vibe, and the, he sounds amazing on the old stuff. And they're pulling out, you know, they pull out a lot of early stuff live that, you know, the Jeff Tate version of Queensrÿche wasn't doing for a while. So yeah. we're very, very excited to get to see that again for sure. And of course, one of the things that both of us have seen multiple times, probably, probably in the teens by now, 15, yeah. I would think. I know where you're going. Is Warrant. Oh, man. And, I, you know, both of us will defend Warrant to the day we're on a deathbed. That's right. And I will. I and will say. And it's not even a guilty pleasure. It's not even no. a, oh, you know, these is my favorite hair bands. All that stupid shit. They're one of my favorite bands ever, and I don't yeah. care. I mean, I'll fight for it. Well, I'm saying you always, especially with Warrant, is one of the ones you see it more often with. Yeah. Is... You know, people don't, you know, blowing it off and saying, I'm not going to see that. Janie Lane's dead, you know, and even yeah. before, even before Janie Lane passed away, it was like, Janie Lane's not in the band. I'm not going to see that. It's like, and you, I can understand that to a point, yeah. but one fifth of a band does not make a band. And even though he, sure, he wrote a good chunk of that stuff and he's got an iconic voice and both of us love him to death oh, yeah. as far as everything he ever did, but you can't take away from the fact that. Robert Mason is an amazing singer in everything he was doing before Warrant and everything with Warrant. The album they released with him, Rockaholic, is is just a great album. That's perfect it's, rock and roll. Yeah, it's like you can't ask for more, and he nails the stuff live. He sounds great doing it, and he's not a Jenny Lane clone, so it kind of gives it its own feel. Exactly. But it still sounds close enough that all the classic songs you know and love sound awesome live. Yeah, and, you know, let, let's let's talk about how... You know, one of Janie Lane's last interviews when he was on that metal show, uh, you know, when he was kind of singing for Great White here and there. Oh, that's right. You know, they crossed paths, and, you know, he was, he sounded pretty cool with it, you know. I'm not, I don't know if he really gave a stamp of approval, you know, as you, you probably couldn't, you know, if you had been involved in all that. But it was pretty amicable and pretty, pretty, uh, you know, uh, civil. So, I mean, you know why not, you know? Yeah. So I figure. And they've got all original members that are That's left right. on stage. That's right. It's four of the five guys. Yeah. You know? And like I said, you can't, can't go wrong seeing these guys live. Uh, it's going to be great. I can't wait. Yeah. And speaking of jump back to episode, I didn't look up the number 21, maybe <laughs> something like that. Early twenties. Joey Allen was on our podcast, which is another one that was quite an honor. We sat down with him. Last uh, fall, when he when Warrant came through Oklahoma, we had a chance to sit down and talk to him for like 20 minutes, and that was a great one. Oh, yeah. Check that out. Well, what else we got? We got yep. Kip Winger. Kip Winger. This is not part of the the two-day festival. It's going on, like you said, Friday, Saturday, but the Thursday night before. Thursday night, kind of a pre-party deal. Yeah. And yeah. they kind of made it sound later in the press conference like that's going to be included if you buy the two-day VIP package. Yeah. You can get into this for free. I don't know if they're buying, selling separate tickets for this too or not, but it's Kip Winger playing solo acoustic and Mike Tramp as well doing the same thing. Yeah, of White Line. So I've never seen Kip Winger solo acoustic. I saw him, well, we saw him at Borders. Borders years ago. Playing three songs. Yeah. And then about a year or two ago, he was coming to Oklahoma City to play solo acoustic. Oh, that's right. I forgot you went to yeah. that. Yeah. And me and Tracy got there. The opening acts happened. And then right before he was supposed to take the stage, he came out and said, 
I've been sick. I was trying to fight through it, but I just can't do this. Can't do it, yeah. And it was kind of, you know, a bummer because we drove from Tulsa. But at the same time, I thought it was cool that he didn't just flake, you know, like a lot of, you've heard of musicians just leaving. Yeah, but you know, what, and what else did he do? Tell everybody he, that. He he came out there, front up, announced it himself. He didn't have a promoter or bartender or anybody announce it for him. And then he said, look, I apologize, but I'm going to hang out here for, you know, as long as I'm wanted. You know, I'll stand over here and talk to anybody, take pictures, sign autographs. That's right. And he did it. You know, I mean, the place was pretty full, a couple hundred, yeah. two, three hundred people in the old, not the chameleon room, the one next, Leon's Lounge. Oh, and okay. He, you know, I stood over there, took pictures, signed everything, and just would talk to people. So, I mean, he still, he spent the time, so you know he wasn't trying to back out of doing that. So yeah. he was honest about it. And so I'm really looking forward to this since I've never got to see him perform acoustic. The guy's a top-of-the-line musician. And another one, you know, people like to knock on throughout the years, but I'll defend Kip Winger, Red Beach, and Rod Mortenstein till the day I fall over. And don't forget Paul Roth. Yeah, John Roth. <laughs> John Roth, Paul, sorry. You're thinking, you're mixing up. Paul Taylor. Paul Taylor and oh, John man. Roth. Hey, I still was in the in the <laughs> band, right? Right. But, uh, yeah, and, and then um, who who else do we got on the festival? Autograph. Autograph, Vixen. Well, yeah. Autograph, let's talk about Autograph. Well, Autograph's one of those bands, I will have to admit, I never owned any albums, so I know like three songs. Yeah, that's kind of why I brought it up with uh, Eddie Trunk, you know, because I've, I haven't seen him. I don't know who is the singer or how good they sound, so it was cool to get a little sound bite about them. That's kind of the, you know, the sleeper kind of surprise about the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Then we've got, you mentioned Vixen, which yeah. is cool because this is, what, three of the four originals? I think so, when yeah. They played, back when they played Rocklahoma, it was just one of one, them. One, and I think that they, they, they were all getting back together, and then the guitar player, you know, she passed away of cancer. And uh, I think that kind of kept the rest of them together. Okay. You know, to kind of, you know, carry on the thing. And, I mean, I you know, again, this is one of those things. I, I like Vixen. Everything I've ever heard from them is cool. You know, some, some people think they're just a one-hit wonder or a flash-in-the-pan, you know, 80s thing, you know. Uh, but, hey, I, I like the songs, so, I don't know, sue me. Yeah. You know, it's just good, straight up melodic pop rock. Yeah, exactly. Metal, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Then we've got Faster Pussycat. That's going to be awesome. These guys never disappoint live, you know, full of attitude and sleaze and, you know, rock and roll. They're kind of the band that, you know, people don't bring it up enough, I think. But if you said, what's one band that defines the whole 80s, early 90s? glam rock era you know most people are going to say motley crew or poison or <laughs> yeah. something but faster pussycat to me would be a good one to say because they kind of combine the elements of all those bands oh definitely you know they had they had the hit power ballad with house of pain that you know was right in the vein of a poison or a warrant or a cinderella but then they got real dirty and sleazy like you know early crew or yeah you know anything so yeah do not miss them so what oh, we got yeah. next? We got well, we didn't even really talk about Mike Tramp. He's another one who's great live. Yeah. yeah. And you're probably never going to see White Lion together again. So no. you know this is a great opportunity to see those songs live and being acoustic. It always gives it a cooler vibe, intimate and yeah, closest you're going to get. Yeah. And you know, there's more to be announced. Yeah, that's the thing. They uh, 
I thought it was kind of weird that they did the press conference without having it all lined up, but at the same time, you got to get the info out yeah. there because some yeah. bands were starting to release. They were, yeah, and yeah. you've you've got some formidable names, yeah. So it's you enough. Might as well just go ahead and do it, yeah. and you know, I mean, Queen Tracking Warrants enough for me to be there for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, hands down. And he, they made the comment more, they used the word headliners, so maybe there'll be a couple bigger ones announced yeah. too. Yeah. I know some of the other festivals that Freddie's, you know, group has put on, you know, have had Vince Neil, Brett Michaels, Tom Kiefer yeah. headlining some of these. The one in Nashville, you know, outside of the, the smaller, smaller level bands has Tora Tora, Nelson, Slaughter, Junkyard, I think, was on one of them. Oh, Junkyard would be Um, amazing. John Karabi. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, from a personal standpoint, if we could get some Junkyard, some John Karabi, Mm -hmm. some Tora Tora, I'd be over the moon. Oh, man, that would be amazing. But, you know, from a a standpoint of being a fan of this kind of stuff, I hope that there's a... Even though I'm not going to... I'm going to avoid talking bad about Vince Neil. I I hope there's a Vince Neil or a Brad (laughs) Michaels on here because... You want it to be successful and drawing more yeah, people definitely. so that we can get this again in 2017 and beyond. That's right. That's the key. I think I think they need at least one bigger name to to make this be as a success as it could be. Yeah, yeah. And and again, I, I just like that it's in downtown Tulsa. I mean, yeah. I love downtown Tulsa. I mean, it, it's, it's going to be a great setting. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm really excited about the whole thing. Yeah, if you're from out of town and you came to Tulsa 12 years ago and you're like, what, downtown sucks? come here now yeah, it's come, i guarantee come, yeah. you it's like the totally revitalized totally different tulsa for years had a horrible downtown outside of a few spots yeah and now it's, it's totally amazing. been revitalized thanks to people like tom green who, that's right you know i haven't mentioned his name yet he he owns ideal ballroom and the three or four clubs surrounding it you know he does a lot for downtown has some great venues and you know he's helping put this on as well and you know, just the, yeah, the whole downtown area is just a great fun vibe, and doing this down there is cool. You know, there's places like the Hyatt and the A Loft, or how you say that hotel that are nearby. Mm-hmm. You can stay at, walk back and forth after you had a few beverages. That's right. I think that's what we're going to try to do. We've talked yeah. about it. Yeah, because we'll we'll be there. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. you know, getting some interviews with some of these guys. We'll see. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> we're going for Tamey Down. Say something <laughs> crazy on our podcast so we can get on Blabbermouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, we mentioned Eddie Trunk earlier. Like we said, we got a short interview with him. You know, we asked him a couple things about the festival, like Jason said, autograph in his book. And I think he asked something about Saxon. So yeah. let's just jump into this right now and hear what Eddie has to say. Well, Rocklahoma hasn't in ever since uh, ever since 2010. Rocklahoma's been humming strong, so there's yeah, no yeah. issues there. They, well, I mean, as far as this style. This style, well, it's a it's a bit of a challenge to be honest with you, and uh, I, I've seen some of these do really well and some of them not do so well. I, I believe that this has a good chance to do well because I think that it's a great setting. Um, I think one of the problems that happens with these things is that sometimes they get overextended a little bit. In other words, they run too long, three days, it starts to get a little dicey as far as how many bands people can see. The price gets to be too expensive. I think the way they're doing this, which is really just a day and a half, makes it a lot more affordable, a lot more manageable. Um, you know, some of the problems with Rocklahoma when it was all 80s was 
uh, the fact too that it, that was in August and it was crazy hot yeah, and it was yeah. out there in the middle of a field and they've now moved it and they've retooled that and it's that's working great the way it is. But you know, I'm very confident, and optimistic this this should work. This will work well. I certainly hope it does because it's great if these things can continue to grow and keep going. You don't know until they happen. There are a lot of them. You know, these bands do a lot of events like this around the country, but I don't really think there's anything around Tulsa like this. So I think it should do well. There's one band I, I was wondering about, Autograph, who's they were gone for a long, long time, and I know they've got a new, some new uh, members. I haven't seen them live yet. Are they pretty good? I mean, how are they? Yeah, they, they popped up. They popped up again about a year ago. I guess they started doing stuff. You're right. They were dormant for a really long time, and they got active again maybe like a year ago. They have a new singer. I've seen them a couple times, but not extensively. They usually go on pretty early in the day, and sometimes I don't get to these gigs till after they played already. But um, you know, some the one you do bring out a point that honestly is the case is that a lot of these bands do not have uh, all their original members. Most of them don't. Some of them only have one. It, it depends. It's case by case. For some bands, it, it works. In a situation like Warren, they're all original except for their singer, which, unfortunately, he's now deceased. So, And the guy they have, Robert Mason, who does a phenomenal job. Um, and and another, same with Quiet Riot. You know, their singer's gone and passed away. So it is what it is, and they've got Jizzy singing for them, and he does a great job as well. So Queensryche, another situation. That's different. Jeff Tate's still with us, thankfully, but they're parted ways. And Todd, who is their singer, also... Uh, does a phenomenal job. So for a lot of these people, they come, they hear the songs, they hear them done faithfully the way they were originally done, and they're very happy. But it's it's always kind of, uh, and so, honestly, in, in some instances, maybe it's not so good. Um, I'm not talking about any bands on this bill, but I've seen times where it's not working. Fans, I have a statement I say all the time. Fans vote with their wallet. You know, if you're if you're a fan of anything, know what you're buying before you buy it. And do your little, do your research, man. And, and if you like it, buy it and support it. But it does. It only takes one click of a of a of Google to find out who's in these bands now. It only takes one click on YouTube to find out what they sound like now. And if you're digging it, go and support them. And if you feel like it's not really for you, or it's not the lineup, or they're not doing what you want them to do, don't go. And you'll see how quick it changes. So that's really what it all comes down to. But. Some of the decades are really hard on some of these guys, and there's not, you know, not everybody's a survivor, unfortunately. Well, on a personal note, you uh, had your two books, and you stated in the past these aren't autobiographical; wow. they're stories. But I heard you recently on your podcast say you were considering doing an autobiography. Is that just yeah, no. considering, or is that no, in the no, works? no, no? It's in the works. Okay. I uh, there are a lot of personal stories in both of my books that are out already, of course, but the the uh, the book that I think it's time to finally do is going to be my story. Uh, when it comes out, I'll have been in the business coming up on 35 years. So there's a lot, way more than I... My first two books were a hybrid of stories and photos. Um, this is going to be just the stories. It's going to be my evolution and my history in this business as a kid in a lot of ways that was made fun of for liking this music to whatever I've done with it in, in the decades, radio, TV, whatever. There's a lot of stories. And there's a lot of things I've done people don't even know because they may know me from one or two things, but, wow, I didn't know 
for instance, on this festival, Mike Tramp was performing. I actually worked for his management company. When Mike first came to this country, I was the guy that brought him in and kind of helped him out, and he ate dinner at my parents' house. So there's some history I have with these people. Any people would never know. Um, and I want to get that story out there and talk about how that metal show happened and talk about the things I did on TV before that metal show that maybe people don't know about. So it's going to be a memoir. And uh, I've written two chapters already, but i got a long way to go. And it's a bit of a double-edged sword. My schedule has been so crazy, I haven't had time to really focus on any more. Because I was hoping to get it out this year, but I don't see how that's going to be possible because... Uh, you know, I'm really going to shoot for and hope for 2017 to get it out. Yeah, so, so it's, we'll see is it all written by you, not a yeah, told to type thing? I am personally writing every word. And as I said, I've done two chapters. I think it's going to, and when that's all done, I think somebody else is going to have to get a hold of it and probably do some tweaking because I'm not the best with grammar. But uh, it'll get, but yeah, no, it's going to be my voice and my story, absolutely. Great. One last question. We're both big Saxon fans. How how good of a sport was Biff with Marilyn Manson? Or behind the scenes, was he like really? You know, I've always wondered that. on that one. Well, because Manson was hammered on that metal <laughs> yeah. show, yeah. And there were a lot of people that were really Saxon fans, really upset about that, and they were like, you know, think that Biff was so pissed. And I've asked Biff personally, privately, more than one time. And then were you, you know, I'm sorry. He goes, no, man, it was fine. It was funny. He goes, you know, it was what it was, you know. So so it was, yeah, although that came off to a lot of people as, as something that probably Biff, Biff was really pissed off about, he claims he got a kick out of it. And he, and I asked him off the record. I go, listen, I'm, you know, and they go, no, no. Hey, man, that's Manson. And I've said that a lot of times, too. You know, you don't want Manson to be this politically correct, you know, guy. It's fun to see the train wreck every once in a while. And he delivered that day, so... Biff claims he's totally fine with it. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for the time. Thank Appreciate you guys. It. Appreciate it. Yeah, we'll Thank see you, you around for a moment. Yeah, you will. We'll be yeah. back in a week. All right, there you go. Eddie Trunk from Eddie Trunk fame. That's you right. You don't even have to say what. We all know he <laughs> does that metal show. Of course, he's had a couple books. As we just heard, he's got another one on the way. And, you know, of course, that metal show and his uh, terrestrial radio show and then the show he's had on Sirius now for several years. That's right. You know, you can't find someone that's more knowledgeable about Hard rock and metal. You know, I could listen to any of his shows every day just listening to him talk. You know, I get kind of annoyed when his callers call and ask stupid shit, so I usually kind of tune out on those parts. But any time where it's him interviewing someone or just talking, I'm uh, yeah, there 100%. Yeah, always listening. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what do we hear there? We heard that, uh, like you said, he's got the autobiography, the memoir in the works, which would be I, pretty I can, interesting. Yeah, that's going to be really good. I'm sure he's got tons of stories that he's, he's never got, told. He's got to. On the radio. So All the stuff he's seen. Oh, the press conference. We never really talked about that. Was kind of the first time either one of us had been to something like this. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was very interesting, pretty unique. Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of like you see on. You can see some pictures from this, whatever. You know, mm -hmm. just hang out over there, sit in the chairs, and listen to Freddie and Eddie and Tom Green talk about this festival and what's going on with it. Yeah, they had a uh, free barbecue, uh, free drinks. Um, Tom Green really put on a, a great, a great event. Uh, and it was uh, really cool to witness and uh, just kind of take it all in. Yeah. And like you mentioned earlier, the Ideal Ballroom that Tom owns is a really cool venue. Yes. And if you're going to come to this, you don't want to miss the Kipwinger and Mike Tramp night because this is just a great place to see a show. I've seen several shows in there, you know, and it's a, just a stage right there in the middle. Everything's up close and personal. That's right. 
and get to hear, you know, down incognito and 17 and wait exactly. and when the children cry, like right here in your face. <laughs> and you, you know, what? what's going to be really good for Kip Winger and Mike Tramp is they're going to be able to play a stage on a stage that I've played on before. That's probably what they've been looking forward to. So, so for they're they're going to be they're going to be so grateful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he also mentioned uh, Ricky Rocket and Brandon Gibbs. Oh yeah, that's right. They're going to be there. I forgot about that. They're doing acoustic shows both. I think both Friday and Saturday night after the the days in for the post party, and that'll be cool to check out. I looked yeah. up, you know, I was looking through Brandon Gibbs' Twitter, and he was posting about their show coming up in Nashville. They're doing the same thing. And he said they were playing some Poison songs, some Devil City Angel songs, and then some other random covers. Okay. So you'll get to hear some some cool stuff there. And what was the, oh, Dead Metal Society was the other one. That's right. They're going to be there. Yeah, we've talked about them on countless occasions. They've obviously fit this bill perfectly. Oh, yeah. They'll be playing... Probably anything you don't get to hear from one of the bands at the show, <laughs> They'll you'll play hear it. from them. So, definitely something else to look forward to. And they're going to be at Rocklahoma this weekend. Yeah, less yeah. than a week till we'll see them again. Exactly. Or you see them for the first time, right? Yes. It, uh, <laughs> yeah, for some fucking reason, I still haven't seen these guys. Yeah. My fault. <laughs> well, do we want to get into this final part of this? I was going to play some of the audio that Eddie Trunk talked about in the press conference. Yeah, definitely. Just hear, you know, you can just hear some stuff he had to say, which is interesting. I know if you're a music fan like us, you like to hear this kind of stuff. That's right. So check out Eddie Trunk from the Streets Gone Wild press conference. It's great to be here. It's great to be a part of this. I just met Tom for the first time last night, and uh, he is obviously a kindred spirit in this world of music as well. We we sat at the tavern over here on the corner. Probably could have still been sitting there if it wasn't around midnight or 1230 talking music at bands. So that was a lot of fun, and as Freddie said earlier, I've uh, I got to know Freddie around the time of the first farm rock, and have gotten to do some things with him over the years as well. And they're always great events, very professionally run, and I, I think all of us, as I said, I just mentioned uh, getting to know Tom, but having known Freddie for a little while, we all come at this from the same place. We are all yes, it's it's what we do for a living and all that, but we are all doing this because we are truly fans and believers and supporters in rock music. And, uh, you know, I've dedicated my life to it on a variety of levels. Some you know about, some you may not. But it's always a lot of fun for me to be able to be associated with this stuff, to get out there and meet the people that support the things I do, support these bands. And for this particular event, for, for Streets Gone Wild, it's really cool for me because this is the first one. And some of the things that are really special for me are there's things that I do that I come and go, and one year I do them, a couple years go by I don't. But the ones that I do and, and, and we're in on the ground floor of are really very special to me because uh, I've been associated with it at its roots and seen it grow and change and evolve. And there's a couple of things I do like that annually, uh, whether it be uh, Monsters of Rock Cruise, which I was on the very first one and have done every one, Something that, of course, started here 10 years ago that I posted every year, Rocklahoma. And uh, I'll be back for that next week. Um, and now this, which, you know, this is what makes this so cool and interesting and great, is the fact that, um, as many of you guys know, Rocklahoma started as an 80s sort of vibe and has evolved into something very cool and something very different, a mix of different sort of rock music. And I, I love that as well. But this, as Freddie mentioned, this is for 
the guys that are still wearing the winger t-shirts or the girls that are still wearing the warrant t-shirts. And you know, this is all about uh, reliving those great bands. To me, um, and I don't know how many of you guys, uh, I have a little bit of a rant that I go on that I'll save you on, but it, it makes me nuts when people marginalize these bands and they talk about these bands as being hair bands or hair metal. That's not anything to do with what these bands are about. These bands were rock of the 80s. These bands are a whole generation's classic rock today, and they shouldn't be marginalized or defined by what they looked like 30 years ago. Got news for you, everybody looked pretty ridiculous 30 years ago, <laughs> uh, myself included. So it's about great bands, still many of these guys still performing and doing really, really well and bringing the songs that you loved and that you grew up with, and that's what this is all about, and I'm just excited to be a part of it. I think something, too, that is important to point out is a lot of these bands have come out with music recently and continue to come out with music. And for those of you who haven't taken the time, let's say, to listen to some of Winger's latest work, do it. It's phenomenal. Some of it's really, really heavy. And and again, it, Warren has come out with some great music in the past. Warren made a great record called Rockaholic a few years ago. Their first was Robert Mason, who's their singer. That's a, a phenomenal record. And you're right. Night Rangers made some great new records recently. Queen's Queensryche's last two records, unbelievable. So yeah, it's unfortunate because outside of guys like me and, and very few others, a lot of this stuff doesn't get played, but these guys are still recording very viable, great new music. And of course, they'll do a sampling of that, but a lot of it is about the, the stuff. That, it really uh, is. The, the hits, of course. They know what a, especially in a context like this, this is what they want to deliver. And you will hear all the hits, yeah. as, as you can imagine. I think something really nice about these types of events, too, is you still have a lot of bands, Def Leppard, let's say, that goes out on world tours, but the unfortunate reality is they can only take, let's say, one or two support acts with them. So many of us who still love everybody on this list and another 50 bands on this list, unless they come around to, let's say, a club setting or theater setting in and around the town that you're in, it's hard to see them all in a festival setting anymore. Well, that's kind of where the concept came, you know, came to be a few years ago. And listen, I didn't reinvent the wheel. There have been some great festivals all over the country that, uh, that I'm very close with the promoters for or the people who organize them. Again, that he mentioned, Monsters of Rock Cruise, has just done a phenomenal job of bringing not necessarily the Death Leopards or the Scorpions, again, phenomenal bands are still out there on tour, but you can still go see LA Guns, you can still go see Firehouse, and again, Quiet Riot, and so on and so on. And I think that's where we've had a lot of success is that the new markets that we're coming into, the markets we continue to work with, yeah, they're still gonna go see the Bon Jovis when they come through, but have a chance to go see a lot of bands that had a lot of hits and still have a lot of great music. I think has been why the the resurgence has been so popular. And Eddie and I have talked about this too. Believe it or not, the whole young guns are rock and roll. You're seeing it. We're seeing a lot of the next generation come with their parents or take part in watching and are getting into this type of music. So, uh, you know, I'll be darned if uh, if I'll ever ever let this true great rock and roll, uh, you know, uh, go away. Yeah. I think it's, it deserves to still be out there in the way that it is, so. The reality of it too, is, as Freddie mentioned, is a lot of these bands, honestly, they do not tour uh, because the days of them being able to tour are, are kind of over. And what they do is sporadic shows like these events. So in order to get all these bands in one place and see them all in a day and a half, 
is a really cool, unique thing because some of these bands, I mean, you may not see them come through your market. Uh, these guys, it isn't 1988 as much as we wish it was, <laughs> you know. So they aren't out there doing 200 shows and on a bus and touring. They fly in, they do shows, they disappear, they scatter, they go somewhere else. So when you have opportunities like Streets Gone Wild, uh, where you can come to an event and see a great cluster of them, and as Freddie said, there's a few that can't be mentioned yet that are going to come on board as well. Um, it's a great opportunity. And the other thing, and I'm sure Freddie can attest to this too, having been to his events and having done so many things like this myself over the decades, is seeing all these bands is great, but it's also a great camaraderie amongst the fans because a lot of us have, uh, you know, been told that this stuff is dead or passe or it's been marginalized or maybe some of us have been made fun of for liking it. Uh, I've never given a shit about what people think, but exactly. um, yeah, there are people out there. So to see a community of people get together and, uh, and, and, and have fun and share stories and swap stories and just have a party, you know? Have, right, have a drink, have a party, okay. hang out. And, oh, okay, that's bad, just playing, let's go over there and watch them or whatever. Okay, well, we're gonna go hang in the back a little bit, but it's just the, the vibe, the, the community of people that are really just so happy like we are as fans to see outlets for something like this happen is really, really cool. And that's something that I, I really get a kick out of seeing all the time. So everybody come together. And, um, and as Freddie said, not just people our age, but now younger people coming who may have seen a Warrant video on VH1 Classic or may have heard a song on Sirius XM or maybe had their parents hand them a CD and, and now they're, you know, they're 18, 20, 21 and their parents turn them on to this stuff. That's a very cool thing to see the generation change like that. And as I said, to a lot of people, this is their classic rock. And, and uh, for whatever reason, sometimes classic rock radio goes from 70s and for, skips over the 80s and jumps right to the 90s. These events like this very much help keep this stuff alive. Yep. It's, there's no doubt. We, we have been involved with a couple of uh, youth groups, too, in the music business. Uh, School of Rock, of course, is one of the popular ones. And uh, a couple weeks ago, I had a show in Chicago with Skid Row and Great White uh, as co-headline. And um, and Brandon Gibbs, who's done some work with uh, Delta City Angels and uh, and Poison, worked with Ricky Rock quite a bit. Well, we had the School of Rock group in Chicago open the show. And it was so cool to watch 13-year-olds, 14-year-olds, and some amazing young musicians jamming out Bon Jovi tunes and Ain't Nothing But A Good Time from Poison. And it was just so refreshing to see that because, again, for us, that's what it's really all about is continuing the legacy uh, and continuing with, with the nostalgia of what we're seeing uh, with, with these bands continuing on. So, yeah, there is, there is next generations out there. We just have to continue to make sure that they they know that this is this is what it's all about, and uh, to keep to keep the, the legacy going. By the way, I do want to mention this um, because it originally was we were unsure of the situation, but uh, Ricky Rocket from Poison, the drummer from Poison, he will be here as part of the festivities. He's going to be doing some acoustic with the gentleman I just mentioned, Brandon Gibbs. They're going to be doing uh, acoustic sets each night as part of the post party, which again is going to be right here in the. IDL ballroom, and uh, so that's kind of cool too. Uh, you know, Ricky's still very interested in, in being out there in a, in a pretty big way, and we're unsure of, of what Poison's future is as far as a reunion. You know, there's a lot of talk of it. So, 
And that's also really good news because Ricky was on my radio show not too long ago and he broke the news that he was battling uh, throat uh, and tongue cancer and it greatly affected his voice, but the fact that he's going to be performing at this is a great sign that he's on the road to recovery. So I'm really excited. Yeah, first I'm hearing that. I'm really glad yeah, he's doing it. Yeah, literally got word last night from, uh, from his manager that the treatments have been going going uh, phenomenally well, and so Ricky said uh, he gave fans a thumbs up for, for Tulsa. So that's good news. Ricky's, again, if, if any of you who have had a chance to meet him, uh, just a fantastic guy and such a great ambassador for for, uh, for the rock and roll industry. So, um, yes, I apologize. I didn't mean to leave that out, but uh, he'll also be part of the, the whole craziness of that weekend. All right, once again, Streets Gone Wild press conference. We had a great time. Glad we got to go. Glad we got the invite to make it over there. Fun time. Great food. Great seeing Mike DiPetrillo from Driver. That's right. We saw our buddy Billy Bristol, who also has a hand in this. He you know, runs the stages on some of this stuff, and I know he'll be working the festival. So shout out to Billy. And once again, it was cool to meet Freddie from Frederick Entertainment. Yeah. Awesome to meet Eddie Trunk again and do that interview. And, of course, it's always good to see Tom Green. Oh, we yeah, We got a definitely. chance to talk to him as well. So thanks and, to him. And uh, Sid Falk was out there too. Yeah. Yeah, Sid Falk. I saw him when we first got there, and, you know, I was going to go say hey, but <laughs> – Everybody kept coming up to him, and I'm like, "Well, yeah, he does. I know he doesn't get out of these kind of things a lot, and so I'm sure he knows going into it, he's going to be yeah. bombarded. But he, you know, he's talking to everybody, and so I just kind of waited till we're leaving, and he was talking to Mike DiPetrillo out there. I walked over, and said, "Hey, there you go." We had him, like we've mentioned before on the podcast back in the early 20s. Um, there was a two-part podcast. It was like almost three and a half hours worth of stuff there from Sid. Great stuff if you're a fan of him or Overkill or Sid, uh, Paul Diano, any of that stuff. There's all kinds of cool stuff in this thing. That's right. Well, does that wrap this thing up? We wanted to, I need to say, LethalUnderground.com. I've never said that. <laughs> As I always say, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Periscope, YouTube, we're on all of them. You can email us at LethalUnderground at gmail.com. If you've got a band you want us to play or check out or review or... If you got feedback, anything, share this podcast, share other podcasts, just tell your friends, hey, check out Thunder Underground. We've had people do that, and it's worked, and we appreciate it more than we can say. Exactly. And, uh, you know, as we mentioned before and in podcasts before, Rocklahoma's coming up this weekend. We're going to be there. Look for us. This week, two days yeah. from now, we'll yeah. be out there. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to see our banner. You can't miss us. Yeah, come by, say hey, say you heard our podcast, or say you... Listen to one of them, whatever. That's right. Come by, have a drink with us, hang out, talk about everything but Five Finger Death Punch. That's right. We promised on the last one we would talk about them if you want to. Yeah, if if we have to, we can do it. (laughs) And we won't be dicks about it. Right. Trent might, I won't. No, I'll I'll be nice. (laughs) I'll talk about Axel DC all night long. Hell yes. All right, well, if you're coming to Rocklahoma, we hope to see you there. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.